Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm host Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 382. Today's show is brought to you by airmedcarenetwork.com. Our show today is part of our Fitness Friday series, and it's another great one in our Fitness Friday programs. We'll be hearing from returning guest Sabrina Joe, who will join us in just a minute. But by way of introduction, Sabrina Joe, of course, is a favorite with our Not Old Better Show audience and is the American Council on Exercise Director of Science and Research Content. Sabrina Joe is joining us today about some very exciting research which suggests that with respect to eating healthy, which we all know is an important part of a healthy lifestyle, but being overly preoccupied with healthy eating can become physically and socially impairing. The research, which as always we'll link to, goes on to say that those who have obsessive compulsive traits, depression, and a previous eating disorder and or are preoccupied with their appearance and body image are more likely to be at risk for developing the condition. Other eating habits, such as being a vegetarian or vegan, also puts individuals at higher risk for developing the eating condition known as orthoraxia nervosa. This may be counterintuitive, but it is serious stuff. And here to share that specific research is Sabrina Joe, Director of Science and Research Content from the American Council on Exercise. Sabrina Joe will explain the research, why it's important, and what the research means to health and exercise, and how to best focus on promoting healthy movement rather than working off food or losing a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time. I'm very interested in this subject in the research, so let's welcome back to the program via internet phone, ACE Director of Science and Research Content, Sabrina Joe. Sabrina Joe, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah, um, spent a little time, uh, you know, kind of during the month of August away. I, I didn't pester you too much, and so it's. it's oh, you're never pestering me. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for that. I always, as I say, I always enjoy talking to you. I think we've got a really great subject today. This one, this one really caught my attention because I think it's it's kind of one that. I certainly didn't recognize this in the way that the research really directs me to understand this. And rather than to be, you know, uh, uh, too vague here, I'm, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you describe it because it's some some new research. I found it on the ACE, the American Council of Exercise uh, website. Um, the study is titled "When Does Clean Eating?" And I think that's really the important point. When does clean eating become an unhealthy obsession? So. Why don't you tell us briefly about the research, and then, uh, and then maybe comment on you know why we don't necessarily think about healthy eating in this same way? Yeah, sure. Thanks for bringing this to our attention because I think it's fascinating. And before I go any further, I will preface our entire conversation and everything that I say <laughs> by just restating that I am speaking through the lens of an exercise professional. So I'm a certified personal trainer and certified health coach. I am not a registered dietitian and I am not a mental health professional. So the way that I come at this topic is through um, understanding it through the lens of a uh, exercise and fitness professional. Thank so good, good, first, I just want yeah, to get that out of the way. <laughs> good to point that out. We we trust you absolutely, but good to know that. I think that's that's important to to uh, to just uh, set the stage with. Okay, great. So the topic that you brought up that I'm so fascinated by is 
um, a proposed condition called orthorexia nervosa. Um, so perhaps the audience has heard of anorexia nervosa, I think most of us have, which is a, um, a severe restricting of calories to maintain a very low body weight. Um, whereas this condition, orthorexia nervosa, is a fixation with the quality of food and its preparation rather than the number of calories. So uh, there's a lot to get into here. And um, what's interesting about this is that, you know, people think healthy eating is an important part of a healthy lifestyle. And, and it, it is, of course, but for some people, this preoccupation with healthy eating can become physically and socially impairing. And that's kind of the focus of what we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like any other obsession. It's a preoccupation, as you put it, but this fixation can be taken too far. Yeah, exactly. So the term orthorexia um, comes from the, the Greek word ortho, which means straight or correct, um, and orexia means appetite. So orthorexia then is uh, an appetite based on correctness or purity, and I'm using air quotes, but no one can see me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so people with orthorexia are believed to spend increasing amounts of time and effort purchasing, planning, and preparing pure, again, quotes, um, and healthy meals, which eventually becomes an all-consuming obsession that interferes with other areas of life, and it also results in weight loss. Um, I want to point out, though, that unlike other eating disorders, such as anorexia or bulimia, orthorexia is not recognized in any standard psychiatric manuals for healthcare providers. So this really is a proposed condition um, it, it has been written about, but it really hasn't been accepted in the medical community as something that a person can be diagnosed with as of yet. So, again, I, I, I like to put these caveats out there because um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're going to spend some time talking about it, but I don't want to mislead people by thinking that, oh, this is a condition and I'm going to be diagnosed with it. So, mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> um, so, in order to understand this phenomenon, I think it's important to understand the history of it a little bit. And um, what we know is that in the late 90s, a physician coined this term after treating a patient with the, some of these symptoms. Um, and the first time it appeared in an actual peer-reviewed scientific research journal was in 2004. So again, this is such a brand new concept and we're just starting to understand really what it means and its implications. Um, and most of the the reporting on it has been non-clinical samples and, and case studies. Um, but what you're referring to on the ACE website is uh, an article written about research that was done recently in the Journal of Appetite um, that uh, looked at some published studies uh, up until the end of 2018, basically, that examined risk factors that predisposed um, an individual to develop this condition. And the reason they did this research is so that they can understand that sometimes so-called healthy eating can in fact be unhealthy. Um, and so in order to give a little bit of context, 
I also want to point out that when we're speaking about a condition uh, or a proposed condition, we're talking about extremes. Um, and when taken to the extreme, an obsession with clean eating can be a sign that a person might be struggling to manage their mental health. So that's why it's an important topic to even discuss. Um, so some of the negative results that could happen from this kind of extreme obsession with clean eating um, could be malnourishment. It could be difficulty socializing with people. Um, anytime a setting involves eating, uh, there's an unnecessary expense of purchasing high cost foods and also spending unnecessary amounts of time thinking about and preparing food. So those are just some of the, the hallmarks of this proposed condition. Hi, it's Paul and we'll be right back with our Fitness Friday segment and interview with Sabrina Joe. You know, I mentioned the sponsor at the top of our show, the Air MedCare Network. And I wanna talk just a little bit about that because at our age, dear not old better show audience, if you're like me, you often worry about healthcare coverage, the, the what ifs. What if the unthinkable happens? What if a medical emergency arises? And what if my insurance fails to cover the full cost? Worry less with an Air MedCare Network membership. That's right, AMCN provides world-class air transport services to the nearest appropriate hospital with no out-of-pocket expenses. Best of all, it's affordable. Memberships cost as low as $65 a year for the entire household. Join the nation's largest air medical membership network like I did and secure protection and financial peace of mind for you and your family. Plus, right now, as part of the Not Old Better Show audience, you'll receive a $10 Visa gift card when you enroll in a new one-year membership. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash N-O-B and use the offer code N-O-B. You'll see links in our show notes, but remember, visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash N-O-B. And now back to our Fitness Friday interview with ACE Director of Science and Research Content, Sabrina Joe. Sabrina Joe, thanks again for your time. And let's get back into this subject of clean eating and not being overly preoccupied with specific diet and weight loss details. <laughs> we think about these conditions, they apply to, to all. And then I think the other, other important point to make here is that if we notice this in ourselves or we notice this in, in others, it might be time to focus on some kind of potential suggested behavior that's going to bring people back into understanding, you know, how to just plan for food and, and diet. And, and so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about this idea of guilt and anxiety that comes just generally, because I think that's an important part of the research. And I think it's also important to a cross-section of the listeners, regard, irrespective of age. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I want to circle back a little bit on the anorexia comment that you made. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what's interesting about that is that anorexia means absence of appetite. So uh, exactly what you said, reasons uh, related to aging, such as medications that affect appetite or you know, just functional mobility, not being able to access foods. Um, but 
again, both of these disorders, if that's what we're going to call them, um, are extreme examples. So I, I want to preface my next few comments about the, ex the extremeness of it, because what I think you'll hear as I list some of these characteristics associated with orthorexia is we've probably all felt or, or maybe even done some of these things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in our lives, um, but not to the yeah. extreme. <laughs> so, so there, there again is that, that qualifier, but, um, and, and you talk about the anxiety and the guilt. And so the research study that kind of sparked your interest in this, that, that we wrote about a little bit on the ACE website is, uh, looking at the psychosocial factors. So what those researchers found was that those um, people who have the following um, characteristics or, or conditions or traits are actually probably more likely to develop orthorexia. And, and those traits are obsessive compulsive traits, depression, a previous eating disorder, or if um, you're occupied with appearance and body image. Um, and then there's habits. Habits are related to a risk for developing orthorexia and they've labeled those as restrictive eating patterns such as extreme diets, fasting or detoxes, uh, very strict eating schedules, or spending large amounts of time preparing meals. And so if, if you're a person who has exhibited any of those behaviors or maybe has some of um, those conditions, the, the mental health conditions that we that I've discussed, it doesn't mean that you're automatically going to get orthorexia. <laughs> it, it just means that those are some predisposing factors that again, this is a very initial research pointed out. Um, and so I, what I find interesting about this topic is that in dealing with um, clients, when I'm trying to help them become healthier by making better food choices and exercising more or introducing more physical activity in, into their lives, this topic does come up. Um, and it's based on, you know, what are the best foods to help me reach my goals? And people often have concerns about eating clean or pure food. And that's one of the hallmarks of this proposed condition. So um, it's, it's interesting that people who are interested in, in having good health and making the right food choices could potentially take it too far. And I, and I think that's just really the, the topic of our conversation is just recognizing when perhaps it's gone too far. And again, because I'm not a mental health professional and, and probably most of us listening aren't, <laughs> um, it's, it's not a bad idea to actually seek a multidisciplinary approach whenever you're concerned if you or maybe someone that you know might be taking things to an extreme. And by multidisciplinary approach, I just mean seeking the help of physicians or registered dietitians or psychologists or ment other mental health professionals if that concern is there. Um, but one of the things that I do 
when I'm trying to help clients have a healthy approach to eating and exercise is I really have them focus on diet, the dietary guidelines for Americans that are set forth by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Mm-hmm. And, and these guidelines emphasize healthy eating or meal patterns that are balanced rather than eliminating, I'll, I'll quote, again, air quotes, bad food or trying to, you know, focus strictly on macronutrient profiles or makeups. Um, If you focus on just eating a a healthy, balanced diet, it will help you eat more mindfully with less guilt and anxiety. So that's, that's one thing that I often try to help my clients understand is that very restrictive eating patterns or, um, really trying to schedule your whole life or your whole day around what you eat can sometimes backfire because then you're thinking too much about it. And and eating really should just be part of, you know, a life. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it shouldn't be such a, a focus that it kind of takes you away from social engagements or makes you feel uncomfortable around certain types of food. So... Um, another thing that I help my clients with is thinking about healthy movement and physical activity and exercise rather than just exercising to work off food that you just ate or or lear- losing a certain amount of weight, um, especially in a short amount of time. Um, because these types of things or this types of this type of rhetoric around food and exercise, can start to to make you think of food and exercise as something that's either good or bad or that you're you're failing at and and again eating and moving often is just a part of a healthy lifestyle and and hopefully shouldn't be anything that is causing uh, obsessive thoughts or preoccupation with uh, in in your daily life, I like that. I like that focus on promoting healthy movement. That's something that you've you've brought up previously. That is a um, a regular, uh, I think, uh, comment within our Fitness Friday programs on, on on movement and exercise. But maybe maybe take it one step further. Kind of tell us maybe some additional ways to relate this idea of exercise and fitness movement to our overall kind of health and and have that be have the functionality be the focus and not just simply as you put it this kind of this uh on or off kind of idea about about the relationship we have with food yeah one way to get healthy movement and activity into your day is to make an effort to not sit or be sedentary, so you know, I guess you could be lying as well on the couch or whatever, but, but just not be sedentary for 60 minutes at a time. So in that hour, make an effort to stand up and move around, even if it's just for five minutes. And what's fascinating about this is the evidence that's emerging in this area is that you can receive health benefits from physical activity by moving throughout your day and not sitting or being sedentary for longer than 60 minutes at a time. And to me, that is where uh, 
the most health benefits can occur if you're not a person who's really accustomed to exercising or being physically active. Um, so that could mean, you know, walking around the block, going down to get your mail, it could be walking upstairs to uh, use the restroom. It could be, you know, just planning physical activity in your day, whereas perhaps it, it wasn't even on your radar or you didn't think about um, moving as functioning through your daily activities versus planning an hour of structured exercise, which is also fine and wonderful and I would suggest, but it's not necessarily um, what has to happen in order to be healthy. So great to talk to you. I I could talk to you a, just a lot a lot more. Maybe we we will revisit this topic in the future. But Sabrina Joe, Director of Science and Research Content for the American Council on Exercise, thanks so much for your time today. I think this is an important subject. Um, I think it's one that we we do need to be aware of. And uh, I thought the research that ACE has uh, has uh, placed on its website, along with the other links to uh, the study that is uh, published in Appetite. We'll put links uh, to, to everything as, we're, uh, as well as where you can find out more about Sabrina Joe. But Sabrina Joe, thanks for your time today. All right, Paul. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. My thanks as always to Sabrina Joe, ACE Director of Science and Research Content for joining us today. Of course, my thanks to Air Medcare Network at airmedcarenetwork.com slash NOB for sponsoring today's show. And to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience, please keep your emails coming to me with show ideas, suggestions, and comments at info at notold-better.com. Remember, let's talk about better, the Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.